Welcome to Blue Eyes and Lady Redhead, where we'll be diving into the thoughts and humour of the mysteries of life, our spontaneous views on mental and physical health, and everything else in between. Welcome to Blue Eyes and the Lady of Red Hair. Hello everyone and we are back with the fifth episode. Fifth episode, yes. Which we believe will be the last one until January now. Yes. I think we worked out. Yes. Because I'll be off to Bali in just under two weeks. Yep. And we obviously record every other week. Mm-hmm. So I think if we're going to get another one, how maybe squeeze another one in. If not, this will be the last one until January now. Yes, we're going to miss you guys for like a couple of weeks. Um, please don't freak out. Um, hopefully your lives can continue to live on without us until next year, but uh, hopefully. <laughs> Do you know, I was thinking before we get into the topic today, on our last one, we briefly mentioned about myself having a dark shadow yes. attacked, uh, attached to me yes. after that whole bloody fire incident. Yes. Um, so I was thinking, shall we give them a little bit more information on that? Uh, yeah, so I actually had somebody who was listening to the podcast who was intrigued about it, and she, I'm not going to say any names, um, she knows a bit about it as well, but um, we, we talk about spirituality as well, and um, you know, you don't have to be a spiritual person, because um, in history, many different uh, cultures, religions have spoken about them, and you can research them yourself, they're called the shadow people, um, so they're... The idea is there is an entity or entities that live among us who uh, to watch us. And the thing is, I haven't experienced them myself. Um, well, you can relate it to me because Noel seems to think that I have one attached to me. So yes. let's talk about it from me and what you've told me about them bloody being attached to me on all these incidents. Yeah, well, um, they can live in houses um, or they can be attached to people. Um, so the idea is when people have a lot of energy within them, which is triggered from emotions, um, these entities or spirits are attached to them. Um, the, if you hear a lot of haunting stories, um, it's actually tied to teenagers. Um, okay. even, so there's um, a lot of horror stories that come from the States. Um, so um, spiritual mediums or people who, who who know, are knowledgeable on this stuff. They say that uh, teenagers produce a lot of energy because they're going through puberty. Oh, my word, puberty. Puberty, yes, yes. Um, And because they're producing a lot of energy, spirits actually draw off that energy. That's very interesting. And they're attracted to it, and they they don't want to let go of that as well. Right. So maybe Georgia or somebody is is going through a situation of trauma, and they're going through a very stressful state, spirits can latch on to wow. people. So guys, I can't say much about this topic because I haven't looked into it as much as Noel has. To be honest, because it freaks me out a little bit because I've had weird things happen and Noel knows because I've told him. Um, and so it freaks me out to Google it because I feel like he, there could be some truth in this. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... But tell them. Well, I mean, guys, always be sceptical. I always try to be sceptical on things because... With the human mind, mind can play tricks. Yeah, we can true. we yeah. can see and hear things, and I'm yeah. also looking into mental illness as well. Like why? And rela- 
we, we see and, and, and hear stuff that's not there yeah, as well. Yeah, of course. But related to, um, remember I was telling you about like night terrors and stuff I've had since I was literally like a baby. Yeah. Um, yeah, explain. Tell them what you think I have attached to me. Tell them how you, how it works because it's interesting. Well, it's, again, it's, it's a long, long subject, but um, when you're asleep, so there's two, I just want to say there's two things, right? So when you're asleep, uh, sleep paralysis is yeah. a thing people yeah. look into. Um, that's a common thing where your brain is half asleep and your brain is half awake and you can't determine, your brain can't determine what's reality and what isn't. What if you're in a dreamful state or that you're awake and you're mm -hmm. in reality and you can see things that are not there because yeah. it's the mind. But then there are situations where people will sit and I, my experiences I've, I've had heard from other my friends and they've had the experience that there actually isn't something in that room oh, that's that's moving stuff in the room or trying to get their attention um trying to send a sign giving me goosebumps yeah so again be skeptical guys but if you have had that experience or you know somebody again please reach out but georgia she's going through the experience um but you know, at the end of the day, it can't hurt you. That's the main thing. But just be wary that there is something else going on in life. I just want to tell you guys that if you think we have lost the plot again and we're talking about dark spirits and shadows, because some people do not believe in this stuff now. Let's, yeah. let's be honest. Um, I didn't really believe in it, but there have been things that have happened which I've not found any explanation to, and mm. that's when Noel opened me up to this side of life. So I'm still very skeptical of this, but I find it interesting to look into. So, but you genuinely believe this stuff, don't you? Well, the thing is, I can't believe it absolute. I'm again, I'm between the, the crux of being a skeptic and then also understanding that there's a possibility there's something more, yeah. right? But then from so many people that's come into my life and I know knowing spending time with them that they're at like they seem completely sane to me yeah and when they speak i can see in their eyes that there's something that shook them up yeah okay and they've, yeah. they've lived a normal life until they've had this paranormal experience yeah and when they speak about it, you have you kind of in your head is there something more going on that we mm -hmm. can't physically touch and physically see yeah. maybe there's something else that we can't see and we can't physically touch that's going on around us yeah for sure i think whether i believe it or not i find it very interesting and i'm always watching like youtube videos mm. on this stuff yeah um and asking you about it so it's definitely something i'm gonna look into a little bit more since you opened me up to that um so i hope you guys find that interesting it's definitely something we'd like to do a whole like episode on at some stage yeah. but um i don't know if... yeah well, it's going to take a good whole yeah. episode because we've got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about today guys but yeah yeah so brush upon it next yeah, episode for sure um let us know if you're interested in that stuff because i know some stuff think it's a load of rubbish yeah um some people do but anyway moving on we are going to discuss a few different things today, which all tie in together. We're going to discuss about power play mm. between male and females, females and females, males and males, just everyone in general. Mm. Um, what else are we going to talk about? Um, we're going to talk about reading and understanding people. Yes. And uh, we're going to use the onion analogy, right? So with the onion there's many layers to the onion and you can only see when experience somebody on a surface level yeah and if you want to get deeper within that person you need to ask questions upon questions and you need to spend time with them 
to yes. read them. We were talking um, before this podcast, before we started recording, about our thoughts on giving away too much information too mm. soon. Um, me and Noel had slightly different views on that, I feel. Yeah. Um, so we thought we'd discuss that on this episode as well. Yeah, definitely. Where should we get started? Should we start with power play first? Yes. And all of that stuff? Yes. So um, there's an old saying, absolute power corrupts all, right? So when people have a taste of power, when they go from nothing to something, they feel compelled to boss and control people. Because when you have control over people, it's an amazing feeling to be elevated, to be uh, from a nobody to somebody. Mm -hmm. And the first place, obviously, would be work, right? How many people work, they have their managers or the boss always constantly nagging them, bossing them around, telling them what you can, you can't do. The thing is, you know, when they speak to you, Georgia, yeah, they're telling you, don't do this and do that within the work perimeters, right? Yeah. But then when they've done the position long enough, they start to step out of what's within their job because they have, Interesting. To, they have to follow the guidelines themselves. They've got a manager above them mm-hmm. in a lot of big jobs. For sure, yeah. And they're actually going beyond their perimeters to control you and tell you what to do without them actually doing their job as a manager. And you can see it because you, 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 you have brains and yeah. you've been in the workforce long enough. And again, people listening to the podcast right now, you will experience that. If none of you guys have experienced it, you will. And we're going to talk about ways of how to handle it. Yeah. And how to kind of diffuse and compromise yeah, the situation. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Because obviously you spoke about it in the workplace environment there. Um, but this can happen anywhere. Yes. Like this can happen with friendships, romantic relationships. Yeah. It's not just from work, yeah. Yeah, it can happen anywhere. Um, can you think of an experience where this has happened, maybe inside or outside of the workplace, um, and how like you dealt with it? Uh, well, we'll start with work. That's the easiest one because everyone can relate to it. Um, when I feel most... like you probably had this being a chef a lot. Yes. Because I've worked yes. as a waitress before, yeah. and oh my god, <laughs> it's quite a toxic environment in that kitchen. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if you guys have done any waitressing or anything like that before and been in that environment, um, but I'd be scared to walk in there sometimes. The chef would literally throw knives mm. and cutlery around the kitchen. Yeah, I remember because I've been through that as well. Yeah. I've experienced that as an apprentice chef. Yeah, so there's a lot of power play in that malarkey. And what, and what it is, Georgia, it's hierarchies. Okay, explain. Whatever, whatever um, business has a, a system where people are above you, um, it's always going to be exploited to a degree. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like you're talking about chef, right? Chef is a high pressure environment. Yeah. And just imagine this, right? Because the best advice, I think I brought, brought this up on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, when I was 21 years old, my head chef said, put yourself in the boss's shoes because I had a an issue with the boss and how his behavior was. Mm-hmm. He was, I feel like he was abusing his power and he was he was not acting accordingly to what he was supposed to be doing within the perimeters as running a business. Okay. Um, imagine that you, you go home, you have a fight with your girlfriend or your wife or your husband or your boyfriend or maybe your, your siblings or maybe your landlord, whatever, having a hard time. And then you go to work, you're frustrated, right? What are you gonna do? 
I mean, a bad person is going to take it out on their team mm. and their staff and think some people think that is okay. Yeah, Especially you. when they're in the position of power, they're a manager, they're a boss, they'll take it out on their team and some people will genuinely think that's okay. Correct. They um, And it, it, you can see my experiences when they go off at myself or other people, it gives them a satisfaction on essentially shitting on people. Yeah. Right? Because it elevates themselves. Yeah. How did you go about that? Did you confront? Was this your boss or manager? Or was this a colleague that was acting in this way? Well, okay. So when it comes to, because we'll go into power dynamics later yeah. on, um, you also got to gauge how much power you have in the situation before you confront yes, somebody. Yeah. Because if just to say that your boss had a fight with you and yeah. they're being completely wrong, yeah, they're, they're out of the perimeters of what they're supposed to be doing as a boss and you tell them to go get fucked, yeah. then you're going to be looking for another <laughs> job straight <laughs> and they'll tell you go home and start. Wouldn't the world be great if you could just say it that? It would be amazing. But then that's another plot twist. Do you know like those relationships with the manager and the um, employee? Some people have the relationship where they can tell their manager to go and get fucked and they still got their job. Yes, but that's so that's changing the dynamics a little bit. It's uh, business and pleasure. That's yeah, a, that's a mixture of business and pleasure, and I've seen that. Yeah, it's actually friends working together or family members working together, yes. and they can get away with that type of stuff. Definitely, that's why my opinion would be not really to mix the two. Mm. As we we actually spoke about this before the episode, it works short term, long run. There's quite often correct problems. Yeah, because there's no boundaries and boundaries. Yes help actually keep the system working. So let's talk about uh, going back to the power play thing between you and your boss in that situation. Mm. What are the healthy boundaries to have? What lines shouldn't you cross in that situation if your manager has come in after a bad day at work at home and he's brought that into work and he's like swearing at you and being disrespectful towards you? Yeah. How do you respond to that? Um, well, I, we, we talked about this regarding relationships and I said about uh, keeping distance and giving that person time to themselves to calm down because when they're in an emotional state rather than a logical state, they're going to lash out and they're not going to think through with their actions and their words and that can only further escalate the situation and then again, that's going to lead to you telling them to go get fucked yeah. and then looking for another job. We don't want to do that. We all want to keep working, guys, Why and making not? money. <laughs> We're going to pay the I bills. Want to see but I'm um, guys, just give that person time. And then if there is a situation where you know it's going to further exacerbate the situation, leave it for later. If it's not a priority, you don't have to bring it up. Just wait. I, I do understand that. But what happens when this keeps happening? Like you can't, surely you can't just keep saying, that's fine, he's in his emotional state, we'll discuss it later. What if this is happening like once a day and you work full time? Surely you shouldn't have to put up with that behavior. Is there anything else you could do? Well, you can actually negotiate because everything in life could be negotiated. Yeah. You can actually talk to them face to face. The thing is people are afraid to actually point, put their point of view forwards, okay? And that's the only thing you can do. If the person is going to dismiss it, then you're not going to have a what's called a working relationship. You're not going to be able to do your job. You yeah. need to find another job. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. Yeah. And I know a lot of people who are miserable in their job and they hate their job because because their boss or their co-workers are not cooperating with them. How can you do your job 
if the system, the hierarchy is not working. There's a reason why there's a system, Georgia. Yeah, no, that's very true. You could do the exact same role in different, because some companies have different, um, what you call it, like how our gym has different clubs and stuff. Mm. So you could be doing the exact same role in the exact same company, but depending on who you're working with at the different clubs can give the job a whole different feel, can't it? Yeah. I've um like I love my colleagues that I work with, so I enjoy the workplace, but I've done the same role in another club where maybe I didn't necessarily enjoy it as much. Yeah. Um so yeah, definitely being in the workplace, you know, it depends on the people you're working with and how they act. Mm. So it's like, how do we manage that to make it a better experience for us every time we go in? Yeah. So you're saying that it gets to a point where potentially you just have to quit? Yes. Um, as long as you, you follow the principle, which is giving people time to cool off, um, then when they've cooled off and they're less emotional, then you negotiate them with, with, with them. And you also, again, you put yourself in their shoes as well. You yeah. don't just want to see your point of view. You want to listen to their point of view and see where they're coming from as well. Because even for me at this point in my life, I, I like to think that I can see the big picture of things. But mm -hmm. the reason why we get along so much is you try to fill in the blanks for me and I do the same thing for you. Yeah. And the exchange of ideas is always a kind of self-correction behind it as well. Yeah, we're not afraid to admit. We're not in denial when we think we've done something wrong. That's we will right. admit that. Yeah. And honestly, when it comes to relationships and power dynamics, I think that's one of the most important things. If you don't admit when you're wrong, you're going to get yourself in all types of situations. Yeah. If you can admit that you're wrong, you can then have a discussion and compromise so that the next time that situation happens, you can deal with it better. Yeah. If you're constantly in denial about the way you're acting, you're not gonna get anywhere. You're gonna be in a toxic, vicious cycle. Yeah. Um, so going back to, let's talk about the workplace a little bit more and then I'd like to go into like romantic partners. Mm. Um, I think that's a big one when it comes to like power play. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to, um, a manager or a boss being in a position of power, obviously it can go one of two ways. Some people take that power and <laughs> abuse their staff because they think they can. And other people take that position of power to try and guide their team and make them better people to make it a better workplace. Yeah. Um, from your experience, why do you think people take one route and other people might take another? Does it go back to even childhood and past experiences? Yeah, that's that's part of it. Um, the easiest, simple, simplified way of looking at it, it's time, right? I've seen that so many jobs that I've worked, I've been through many jobs, um, people don't want to spend the time to invest in people because when you invest in people, you can better read them and understand them. Again, the whole onion analogy. Mm -hmm. So you know who you're dealing with and what their capacity is and what areas of weakness that they have that they need to be fixed. And as a manager, you're a leader and your job as a manager, because you're put in that position, right? Mm -hmm. You understand the business inside out. It's your job to educate those staff who, who have the lack of knowledge on the, the business to educate them and constantly educate them. And the thing is, it comes down to his time. But on 
going all the way back, perhaps in their childhood or, you know, their time at school. It's all about school, right? Uh, yeah, I yeah, truly believe that. It's school is a, a, again, it's a hierarchy, right? You have different levels of cool kids, yeah. the, the nerds, yeah. the emo kids. It's yeah. just like it's a, a melting pot of different personalities. Well, it's a huge part of your mental development. That's where you're finding yourself and you're being open into the big world by yourself. Correct, yeah. So that's going to stick with you for the rest of your life. Yeah, and you're you're assimilating yourself in, in a, a, a like almost like a hive mind, right? Everyone yeah. is in a, in a premise, a, a building block, where you guys are going to be seeing each other for days, weeks, months, years. And you're going to find the people that you best connect with. And even for yeah. then, as when you get older, you change. So you may yeah. go from a different group to another group and you're bouncing between different groups. And by the time you leave school, you've created a framework of who you are and going back to work. So let's say the position of power, the route they've took is to abuse their staff because it can get to that point yeah. physically. Yeah. Um, sorry, not bloody physically, uh, mentally. Yes, we don't well, want that because well, they'll, they'll, they'll be going to prison if they do that. <laughs> mentally abusing Yeah, men mental abuse, yes. Um, the So let's just say the hierarchy at school, there's the cool kids who get everything they want and uh, they can boss people around. Mm-hmm. When they boss people around, they shit on people. Those those kids that they shit on, bully and whatnot, those kids are pushed down and their self-esteem, they have low self-esteem issues. And then finally when they get out of school and they get into a job and they work so many years and they work themselves up to a position of power, guess what they're going to do now? Mm -hmm. The the bully Sorry, becomes... Sorry, I was the, having a sip of my coffee. She's having a sip of coffee, guys. She's very parched. Carry on. <laughs> she, uh... So... Yeah, so guess what they're going to do? Yes. They're going to shit on other people yes. because they get a sense of that bloody power and yeah. they love it. They thrive off it. Yeah, the, the bullied comes the bullier. That's... Exactly. We see it so often. Yeah. And it's bloody shit. And people will then actually make excuses for them for that behavior because they'll be like, well, I got bullied, so... I'm going to do it now. This is just how my brain works. But you can change your brain. You don't need to act in that way. Correct, yeah. Like, why? You know how it feels to be bullied. So why then, when you become into a position of power, do you then continue that cycle by bullying other people? Why not break the cycle, remember how it feels to be bullied, mm. and help people, guide people, be the better person? So why are we seeing it so often? Why are people not thinking like that? They're not addressing their past trauma. That's in denial. Yeah, denial, yes. And because they're in denial and they're not addressing their past trauma of all those issues, then they start projecting onto other people. Exactly. And it's awful. This yeah. is why the world and society, ah, it's just like... Chaos. Yes, it's yeah. a mess. Like, we need to take time to understand our brain and our thought process so that we can become better people. At the end of the day, like I personally think when you step into a manager role, a lot of what you should learn is psychology and how to handle different people. Yes. Do you agree? Wholeheartedly. Um, if you really want to connect with somebody or you want to get within those onion layers, right? You want yeah. to peel them off and find out what's going deep within inside the person. You need to understand that people are different. There's different personalities. There's... Uh, different ways of handling altercations, 
um, listening, also active listening. There's so many uh, skill sets that you need to build yes. through understanding people. And I know that sounds so cliche saying everyone's different, but this is genuinely a fact. Like I was watching a video the other day on um, this doctor that was doing scans of people's brains after different situations had occurred. And it was showing uh, brain scans of people that had had trauma to the brain, like severe head injuries, and how that then affected their behavior. So like we're going like deep here, I get that, and you don't need to be trained on that level, but it's just understanding that all these different life events are going to change how people are. So when you become a manager, you need to understand that at least a little bit, mm. um, rather than yeah projecting your inner child when you got bullied onto them. Just understanding people a little bit more, taking that time to understand people. I think it was the best way. Um, is a neuroscientist who was interviewed on a panel. I was watching on TV um, years ago, and she said about the chemicals in the brain that every time that you you go through in a moment in your life, it's like a jigsaw piece. Mm -hmm. And for every moment in your life, from your the day you're born up until this point, creates the, like the image. So, like, just say the jigsaw piece creates a picture what you're going to see, mm -hmm. that's the person that they're going to project towards you. Yeah. So like you said, you can correct yourself. You just need to remove those jigsaw pieces that are creating a, a bad version of yourself. Yeah. And if you want to create the best version of yourself, you need to reach, re remove those pieces and start placing new pieces. And, and again, like I talk about in the podcast with you guys, you can reinvent yourself. You just need to see... You can. It's a fact. You if, can. If in life things aren't working for you, you need to question... You can't, you can't keep blaming everyone for yeah. your problems. How do I need to address and fix myself? And yeah. again, we talk about power playing and power dynamics. Well, we spoke about the route that you go when they use that position of power in a negative way. But what about the ones that use it in a positive way? Because, of course, there's people out there that do. Yeah. What do you think their childhood looks like and their experiences? Um, I think the... From, from people I've dealt with, it talks, they are always asked about the mother and father, mm -hmm. right? A lot of them actually had a mother and father in the house. There was that dynamics, that power play. I love stuff like this. It's so interesting. That the, the father would be the rock. He would yeah. be um, the one who would be very stern, um, very direct, problem solver. And then there would be the mother who's the nurturer and very compassionate. And you see what's happening here? You're describing the picture of what we spoke about in the last couple podcasts of how a family looks in the old days, right from the tribe days, yeah. and everyone taking their role, supposedly. Yeah. And again, it's, it, it, I'm not saying that's the end or be or roles. Of course. But that's a role that's been working for thousands of years. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with that role. now. Can, again, a man be um, a nurturer? Yes. Of can, course, can, yeah. a, can a mother be a leader? Yes. And there are a lot of matriarchal uh, cultures, societies right now that have the mother who's in charge of the house and it does work. Of course, because, um, you know, just quickly going on to that note and then we'll carry on from where you were at. Um, the, we had those roles back in those days because we were living in a different area environment completely yeah, a more harder harsh yeah times. like i was actually uh watch it was when i was watching um those youtube videos um oh we're having a disturbance here someone's 
calling yes. now. Okay, yes. we're still on. We're back, we're back. We're back. Um, yeah, so they were saying how uh, we've been programmed to wake up in fear because back in the tribe days, when you wake up, you literally could be killed. Like there could be something out to hunt you. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're programmed to wake up in fear. That's why sometimes they call it like the morning depression feeling. As soon as you wake up, you might feel a bit strange because I've had that before. And yeah, they say how it's because we're programmed to wake up in fear, but we're not living in that environment anymore. We're not gonna get hunted by something. Yes. Well, I hope not. No, no, not, not yet. <laughs> Unless separate so, type comes back. Yeah, so we're changing ourselves. When we wake up, we can wake up more positively because times yeah. are changing. Yeah. So it's just going on to the dynamics of the roles and stuff. Yeah. Things are changing and that is okay. Yeah. But, well, I mean, we, we can look back at the jigsaw analogy, right? The the, the, the piece. Let's just say that the, the gender roles and what worked back then, there was that final picture what we would see. But now because you're saying everything's a lot more easier and we don't have to be in a more of a fearful state so we don't have to go back to our evolutionary yes, gender roles. Exactly. We can start changing it up. Yes. We can change, start taking, the, taking those jigsaw pieces apart and redeveloping a new image mm-hmm. of... For the future. For the future, correct. Yeah. Definitely. So as you were saying, you were talking about when a, someone in a position of power turns into something positive. You were saying, let's take it back to the mother and father. Mother's more nurturing, father's the rock. Yeah. How else does that look? How else does that look? Yes, you were telling us. So uh, we're we're talking about power dynamics within that. So the... the, Why is someone taking it in a positive? The child child knows, um, is guided. That's what it is, right? Mm -hmm. You can be guided from the parents or you can be guided from a strong figure in your life. I mean, schools do have the the guidance counsellor. Mm-hmm. Don't exactly have the best guidance counsellor back in my school, but for those who were or are good guidance counsellors, they're guiding children in the right way, which is their career, their aspirations, their studies, and keeping um, uh, routine and discipline, right? And all those things determine how they see efficiency, and efficiency comes with also how you interact with people. And if you're gonna take what I said back about taking shortcuts time-wise, that's not efficiency, right? Mm-hmm. That's not the right kind of efficiency because if you invest in somebody, you don't have to go back and explain to them how to do their job, how to how to correct the situation because if you spent the time to make sure that person does the job right, if you explain your role within your hierarchy, what your position is, and you actually do your position the right way, there will be no problems. Okay, so you've basically uh, summed up that in a position of power, the way you handle that and project that onto your team or your employees is due a lot to the way you've been brought up. Correct. That your friends you've been surrounded with, yeah. your family you've been surrounded with, yes. your your upbringing, your home life, yes. the location even where you're yes, brought up. Yes, there's factors. There's yeah. lots of stuff. Yeah. Now, what about if we twist that what about the people that still take that position of power they've been brought up in a not very nice environment they've been bullied themselves but they still take that position of power and they use it positively is that because they've taught themselves can you teach yourself yes uh, the word is accountability right yeah 
So it's self-realization that how you think and what you're doing is not getting the right results. And again, going back to the word efficiency, those people understand that how they're living their life, how they're talking to people, how, um, what brings them happiness. Because there's a lot of people get self-satisfaction from uh, mentoring people. And we'll mm -hmm. talk about that in another podcast. I feel like well. we like to do that, No, yes. You definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, mentoring uh, brings me satisfaction to be transparent with my knowledge and my mistakes yeah. and helping people. Because I would say, like, although we have, like, brilliant families, like, I love my mum and dad and my siblings. Like, I had a great upbringing. But I do feel like a lot of this I've taught myself. Um, I never got taught it in school. My parents, they probably taught me without even realising, to be honest, because they are great people. But I do believe that I actually taught a lot of this to myself. Yeah. Um, and the way I handled um, experiences as I've been growing up, every time I've had a negative or positive experience, I've learned from it. Mm. Haven't stayed in denial. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned from it. And then I've taken that to the next situation to try and be better. I feel like I have genuinely taught myself by researching myself, listening to podcasts. So I don't see why more people don't do that. Why do more people not do this now? Well, I mean, you, in, like you actually nailed the nail on the head right there. What um, what is the role of the mother and the father? What? Right, we're talking about power, right, and hierarchy. To a child, mum and dad is the top, the top dog. They make the decisions of the child's life, what mm -hmm. to do, what to say, what to rear, what to eat, where to go, all that stuff, where to live. Your experiences, what's right and wrong, that you will pass on to your children's children and children. And it's a, the, 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 success, the success of your lineage, of your your uh, your children and their children and whatnot is based off doing the right thing and being more efficient with life, getting the right results. Yeah. And again, your way of thinking, if you're getting results in life and you're you're happy within, then you can pass that on to your children. And the same thing with people in positions of power. You, you, you can look at your staff, like family, right? Now, I know some managers and bosses who do that. Yeah. Um, they, they, they thrive in the environment because they're taking the time, yeah. they're patient with their co-workers um, and workers um, to to get the best out of them, get the best character, get yeah. the, the best version of themselves from the workers. Yeah, and summing this all up, I genuinely believe that in a nutshell, what we've basically said is the way you grow up shapes how the person you're gonna become, but it's up to you to train yourself to be a better person. Yes. Break out of the cycle. If you were brought up uh, with some negative traits, maybe that your parents did, instead of keeping that going, change that. Yes. Step yourself change, out of Georgia, yeah. that box. I think that's what it comes down to. Mm. Not saying, well, this is how I am. This is how I was brought up. So yeah. this is the person I'm going to be. Mm. Work every day to change that. Yeah, nothing set in stone. You can you can recheck. I mean, again, speaking from my experience, I reinvented myself, and I reinvented myself for the better. And 
I make people more happier and more people are more willing to invest themselves into me because I'm willing to invest myself and show the best version of myself. Yeah. Let's talk about power play when it comes to romantic partners because that's very interesting. I think a lot of people are going to want to know about this. And that's also where we can come into the onion (laughs) situation, Mm. the many layers of a person and how much you should or shouldn't or want to give away so early on. Um, So let's say there's a male and female. I feel like... I was gonna say I feel like females use the power play more on males, but actually, I, I believe it can be quite equal, but they do it in different ways. Correct. I believe, and I think you're gonna agree, because mm. you have said this yourself, that females do the whole p- power play when it comes to sex. Yes. Males do it more mentally. Yes. The well, way they, they speak and manipulate. There is a term, the power of the pussy, and there is a reason why. Oh. Yes. Sorry for whoever's <laughs> listening. It's Sorry, uh, Dad. not very PG-13, <laughs> but there is a term that's been thrown around as well. Yes, uh, women weaponize sex over men. Yeah. And men weaponize, also it goes both ways, weaponize their finances um, over women. Yes. And I really feel like this is something especially males need to look into because I feel like you guys, as we've said before, are very simple and they don't understand how complex females can be. So if they see a female like um, sleeping around, which is, you know, do what you want to do. So this isn't me slagging anything. I'm just talking out loud. They see females sleeping around and they're like, oh, that's okay, they just love sex. I'm like, no, there's a deeper root there. They're doing it maybe because they might be feeling insecure and it's a little bit of self. Satisfaction of being wanted by other men. Yes, yes. exactly. What is your say on that? Because I'm, try- I'm trying to tread carefully here so I don't upset. Um, I would say that it does, I have female friends who do that, um, but it's only a short-term fix and it's not going to give them a long-term um, satisfaction. They actually end up regretting that decision because they're giving up their body, but they're not giving up themselves. And from, from my experience as a man and other men's experiences, when we see women like that, we don't see them as that person. We see them, we use them for their body, right? It's, it's, a, it's a lack of respect for themselves, for a woman to, to do that to herself in the long term. And again, we're not, we're, we're, if women want to do that with their bodies, that's their choice. But that is the question I want to ask you because obviously we all say, if that's what women want to do, go do that. Yes, live, you, live your life, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Is, but then on the other hand, men are saying how then uh, they lose respect for that yes. woman. So what are we doing here? What yes. what are we saying? I think, I What's think the message we're giving? Then the message is that women, you can get satisfaction by having men chase after you, but they're not chasing after you. They're chasing after your body. Yes, and I guess it's to do with you make those. The, the thing that is okay is you making those decisions. Mm. Everyone can do what they want yeah. to an extent, yeah. but it's the consequences then that you Follow have to behind. deal with yes. and why men are going to perceive you in a certain way. Is that what we're saying? Yes. You can do that, yeah. but don't possibly be upset when men are seeing you in that kind of way. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we 
me and Georgia, we, we bounce off like our how we live our lives. She's a female and I'm male. And we, our insights on both dualities or both directions. Mm-hmm. But then I'm actually going to step in and say that men do the same thing, but with money. Okay, so tell a lot me. So a lot of guys show off their status and their money in order to get women's attention and sex. Okay. So that's also men cheapening themselves as well. That's very true. Yeah, so if a man... If he really has confidence with himself, he doesn't need to leave by his money or his status. Yes. He leaves with his personality, his charisma and what he knows and his, his character. Itself. You've nailed it. You have nailed it. Because you're saying he doesn't need to show off with that. And that's how I personally feel women use sex. Yeah. We feel like, because I felt like that before, we feel like we have to show off <laughs> sex and our sexual you know to get men yeah but it doesn't have to be like that yeah and i i've heard from going up in my in my young years guys like oh i'm gonna make this much money i'm gonna get all the girls those girls that the women that they attract uh, low quality women and the yes. same thing with low quality men going to women's life guys who are low quality only want you for your body and they don't want you those are low quality men so it goes both ways there's again if you want an authentic experience from somebody you need to be authentic in how you approach life as well and this comes into i guess the whole onion thing of not giving away too many layers yeah um in terms of sex and girls maybe um cheapening their power by just giving away sex yes using that um i personally um wouldn't just like i wouldn't give away a certain life experience or event i've had to someone i barely know mm. i'm you know i need to warm up to someone before i give away certain information yeah i'm the same with sex mm. i personally feel like that's something people need to not necessarily earn but build up a relationship with before giving that away yeah i feel like uh you gain a little bit more respect from the male could i be wrong well i mean like again we're talking about power hierarchy there's levels to it right so when somebody again spends time with you that earn earn your respect and that's perhaps if you want to give yourself to them because of that then they, they, they they've earned that that, that that privilege you know, yeah. is it is a privilege to you know, like not just the body but the your, your time with that person as yeah, well exactly. but they have to invest themselves to you for you to invest yourself with them as well yeah i just feel like that's kind of what's helped me build up such good emotional like connecting with someone on emotional level mm-hmm. relationships just by instead of just seeing someone and having sex with them straight away which again it depends what you're looking for yeah. if, you, if that's just what you want you and you're not looking fun, for something then yeah, absolutely fine yeah, yeah. i'm speaking from like looking for an actual relationship yeah. um i personally feel if that's what you're looking for instead of just giving them sex straight away because at the end of the day a lot of boys at the start they are trying to get that from you. Yes. Let's be honest. Yes. You know, that's going back to everything we talk about, what guys want. Yeah, easy um, access. That's what we want. Yeah, if you're giving that to them, you're giving yourself up straight away, they then might not see you again. There's a chance they might not see you again. If you're kind of waiting to see if they're willing to put in that time 
to you and get to know you a little bit more, that's where you're gonna build up that important part of the relationship. And then you can have sex and develop that side of things. But I think if you are looking for a long-term relationship, the most important thing at first is to build up that friendship, that uh, uh, relationship on an emotional level, and then build up your sex life. And do do, do you agree that if you want to have something meaningful with somebody, giving yourself, whether it's your body, your money, your time, you're losing a lot of power. Yeah, you're losing your power. And men, I personally feel, it works both ways, are not gonna respect you as much. Yes. You're giving parts of you away. They're potentially then with you for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, That's my opinion on it, but again, it depends what stage of life you're at, what you're looking for. But I just think we shouldn't give our powers away too easily. We should let people earn it um, by putting in the time. Yeah. But um, I mean, we could go on and on. I reckon we'll do another episode on that, but we have been talking for about over 40 minutes now. Yes, we've we've pretty much brushed on um, work and we we did briefly on relationships and romantic relationships, but in the past episodes, we've already done that as well. Yeah. So again, we'll, we'll branch off more into that. I'd like to life. really do an episode on the power play between males and females yeah. um, and how I feel it's important to not give away too much of yourself straight away. I reckon we'll do an episode on that at some stage, maybe in the new year. Yeah. Sounds like a plan in Georgia. Perfect. Well, I think we should leave it there. Yes. We may do an up- another episode before the new year or we may not. So if we do not, have a great Christmas and a great new year. Yes, guys. I hope you have you guys have an amazing Christmas and happy new year if we don't let you come and do another episode. Oh, nozzle, tongue tie. Yes, I'm a little bit parched myself. <laughs> I'm hungry too. And hungry. <laughs> I need to go get some breakfast. Yes, hopefully she's not hangry as well. I'm beginning to get that. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we look forward to filming the next one with you. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.